you know, turned meetings away before just because I feel like there isn't an alignment between their tech stack and, and what, you know, Drata can do. Um, mainly because like humans are humans at the end of the day. And so if I call George, for example, like I do know that I'm taking 20 minutes, 55 minutes out of his work time, um, which as a CISO, a lot more responsibilities. And so um, definitely appreciative like the time that people spend um, talking to me. And so if I just push them into a demo with an AE, that's another half an hour wasted. I know, down the All right, this is Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks. This is the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer relationship and everything in between. I am George K. with the vendor side. And I'm George A., Chief Information Security Officer. And today, our guest is Chris Liu, Senior Sales Development Rep, stepping into the ring with us at the behest of a CISO friend of ours. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to finally meet you guys, the two Georges, as they say. That's Thank you. right. As they say. Um, I as hope they, they say, say nice things too. Um, all right, Chris, we'll start with the usual, which is how did you get into cyber? Just give us the sort of quick and dirty version of how you started your journey. Yeah, so this is my first uh, tech job, actually. Uh, and I've always been into like security and compliance. Uh, I came from an aerospace engineering background. Um, so mm. regulations and compliance is a very big thing for me, um, FAA and all that kind of thing. So it just felt like a natural fit to transition into, you know, cloud security. Nice. All right. Well, you are on the sales side, which means the CISO gets first crack. Thanks, George. Uh, yeah, so we're often sometimes referred to as George Squared. That's pretty sweet. Also, shout out to our very good friend, our mutual friend for all three of us, Ryan Lindley, who uh, is an absolute beauty. I love the guy. I miss him. He is like three time zones away, but I will make my way out to go see him if he's listening to this. Um, and thank you, Ryan, for connecting us to Chris. So, Chris, you've done a little bit of everything in your career from management to business analytics, governance, and now compliance support sales. What has driven the uh, diversity of your story when it comes to your chosen opportunities? Like, were they a case of like best opportunity at the time types of jobs? Or did you actually seek out these roles while you're already in good places? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so my, my dream, my goal actually is to live in every continent, um, obviously starting in Australia and uh, hopefully ending in Antarctica. Um, and so essentially, Every two or three years, I feel the itch to leave the country that I'm in and, and embark on a new journey. Um, and so, you know, when I go to whatever country I'm, I'm in, I usually generally find the roles and the companies that, that really fit my, my values and my beliefs. But you're like, you're not, you're not like, I guess we'll say you've not had to make these kind of decisions based on like pure economic need. Like you're just like, hey that looks cool and it's at a place I want to check out. So I'm gonna go do that. Yeah, that's correct. That's exactly what it is. Um, I just pick up the bag, pack it up and get on a plane and go. Essentially. Okay. George, how can I have this fucking dude's life? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're doing it wrong. What the hell? What? <laughs> I got a mortgage. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, that is that is definitely outside the norm of what's expected when we ask the career journey. So that is a we have never had geography as the guiding principle before. So congratulations on being the first. <laughs> congratulations for being like what I wanted to be in high school. Like seriously, dude. <laughs> um. All right, Chris, uh, you are the tip of the spear or the one who gets punched first, depending on how you look at it, what side of that equation you're on. So in this portion of the show, what's been your greatest knockdown? Like, tell us a time when you were doing outreach and you just had like hell thrown at you. (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) there's obviously been been a few um, from memory. Cold calls probably like is on the top of everyone's list. Um, sometimes you just call people on a bad day. Um, mm-hmm. And there's honestly no no grudges. Uh, I mean, I hang up on people that call, call me as well from time to time, so <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and I guess the the one that can comes to mind the most is the some guy was like, I would never, you know, take a sales call from someone that cold called me. Um, and just out of pure curiosity, it's like, you know, how does your team do it? Um, and then... I guess he thought I was, you know, being a smart Alec. <laughs> Don't want to swear on the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, they just he was like, well, you know, I would go to trade shows and things like that, and then he just went on a rant and hung up on me. So that's probably the the worst experience I've had. No, well, that's pretty pretty tame, but that's good. It's mm-hmm. good that you have that thick skin. I guess is that just something that naturally comes to you like i just accepted that this is part of the job i'm going to pick up the phone people are mostly going to hang up on me it's like how do you how do you steal yourself for that yeah um so i've done like i was selling gym memberships back in australia um Mm. and so you know selling gym memberships face to face like i don't want to knock everybody in the south people in tech but selling online is a lot easier than uh selling face to face (laughs) oh nice (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, all right. Over to you, George. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that because uh, I've done I've done door-to-door type things before, and I think that's like the greatest proving ground ever. And if you try to ever sell a gym membership, I mean, you know, we're both gym rats, George and I are, then yeah, I, I feel you, dude. Um, so do you find adaptability, like be it jobs or like life situations generally, to be your greatest personal asset? Or is there something else that, you know, you dig deep into that allows you to seemingly roll with life's punches so successfully, man. Oh, that kind of hit, that hit home, George. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think adaptability definitely is something that I, I have. Um, and I didn't really realize that it was, you know, an asset um, until recently. Mm. So yeah, adaptability definitely. Um, second one is also like networking, like George K. I, I read your layoff the liftoff articles and um, I think, you know, the power of networking and, and just the quality of networking, like that's, that's probably another big asset of mine. So um, just having a network to lean on, um, whether they're in Europe or, you know, in Australia or something like that um, for ideas, uh, I think is, is, is a big like reason why I, I am how I am. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he's he's building a global network at this rate. 
you know, he's going to have the (laughs) largest network that of any person we've ever talked to. But it's actually really cool because like, it's not like there are a lot of people out there that network and and build and they like really emphasize on personal brand, quote unquote. But Mm. it's like, you're actually building a massive network of genuine relationships of people that you've actually connected with and talked to and probably worked with or partied with or whatever it is. And I think there's something really, um, I don't want to say just genuine, but you know, you're, you're, you're taking away the, uh, Oh my God. As if the, the word escapes from the smart. Yeah. Like the, the, the second intent, right. The, like there's always an ulterior motive to like why you want to be friends or connect to this person. But I feel like with you, it's like, you just, you know, unless you have to talk to someone, you wouldn't be talking to someone if you didn't have a genuine desire to. And that like, it really sets you apart, man. Thank you very much. And, and yes, it is uh, smarminess from memory. I think that's a uh, lesson two of your first article. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not sure how much, you know, our good friend Ryan divulged, but that that's essentially um, how we connected uh, just that genuine interest on, you know, diving and, tattoos and surfing and things like that like that's you know i wouldn't reach out to people if i didn't have the same interests i believe and so i mean to be fair ryan brought you up um to me like before george uh, i guess knew about it um i think we had been drinking for probably a good solid like six or seven hours in vegas (laughs) (laughs) he's like you gotta meet my friend chris (laughs) (laughs) that's funny because i drove down to san diego to meet him and we i think lunch turned into um a few mojitos <laughs> that sounds on brand that sounds all right well i would also say um that he brought you up as somebody who was also open to learning Right. Like, I think he remonstrated with you at first and was like, look, I, I'm, I, I dig your vibe, but I'm not going to buy anything just yet. And but but you showed, which is what we talk about on the show frequently, the curiosity to ask more like, OK, cool. I'm not going to press that. That's not an objection to handle, but I'm just going to, like, take this opportunity to ask you a little bit more, learn a little bit more because you were new to this. And then also. I will say when we were trying to schedule you for this sooner, um, it didn't happen because you were busy studying for AWS architect exam, which is like, you know, props uh, for putting that first. So yeah, I think adaptability comes with curiosity. So I guess that leads me to the next question, which is in the cyber career you've had to date and you have had sort of many different paths and you're walking this path now, what have you considered your greatest area of learning or growth that you've taken from your experience in this industry? Yeah. Um, so I guess like Drata has been really, I've been really fortunate, like landing a spot in Drata, to be honest. Um, I came during COVID, like I moved to the US November, 2020. Um, and so obviously, you know, there was no work around. And so I couldn't really find anything until uh, I think it was May, 2022. Um, wow. and so, you know, just, I feel like that time, you know, not being able to work in the U S I think that that really helped me 
just understand, hey, you know, there's bigger things in life than, you know, being an SDR and, and, and setting meetings and things like that. And it just gives me a perspective to, uh, yeah, just roll with the punches, as you said. Um, well, I think it's so important think my, that sorry. you stay ground, that you were able to keep that memory. I think we perspective is so hard to it's hard earned, but it's easy to lose, right? Because we're just evolutionary wired to really focus on the present. And that includes what we perceive to be dangers or risks. And so just kind of holding that grounding is, is hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've I've had, uh, my lovely wife is, uh, is definitely the support. So we'll be back after a short break. And we're back. It's time for the sales gauntlet. Sweet, Chris. Time to reject you. Let's see how you do. (laughs) All right, let's go. You're on, Kayla, if you're listening. All right, I got the first crack at this. To your attempts to sell to me. I already have a supplier for that. Yeah, that's good. Um, We're actually not looking to replace your supplier. Um, we're actually looking to integrate um, a little bit more seamlessly with your supplier. Um, so I'm curious to know if you can divulge you know, uh, what your supplier is helping you with. Why should I give you even five minutes of my time? Yeah, honestly, um, you probably shouldn't give me five minutes of your time. Um, all I really need is just a minute to convince you why we should have a chat and quick banter. Oh, this dude's definitely worked in gyms before. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the budget for any of this right now. Yeah, again, um, I I assume that you don't have any budget um, in terms of like planning, uh, being that it's Q4. uh, You know, it doesn't make sense to maybe look into it a little bit more um, for your Q2024 planning. Uh, This isn't a priority for me. Yeah, so a lot of folks that I've spoken to uh, also mentioned that it's not a priority. Um, usually what happens is you want to get ahead of the curve as opposed to, you know, chasing your tail, so to speak. All right. You weathered that really well. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hoping I'm hoping Kayla does listen so we can see what happens. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, yeah, I thought you did a good job in terms of just... Um, you kept it even. I didn't hear panic in your voice because when I hear panic in the voice, that's when I know I'm being handled, quote unquote, mm-hmm. rather than like you're just responding to me in a human manner. So, yeah, I think you've definitely worked in gyms before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we will turn our attention to brass tacks. You have not been in cyber for long, but you carry with you the accumulated knowledge and wisdom uh, of your other ventures and so i think some of that applies um george do you want to take us uh with the first brass sacks or you want me to take that one uh i can take the first one i guess so all right what's your advice because you are not like fresh out of college and like on in the sales um what would be your advice to a new seller who is mid-career shifting into sales you're on your first pitch you're freaking out or maybe you're a little bit nervous. What's the advice you give? 
Yeah, um, I think the advice I give to everyone that comes in uh, to Drata is essentially like know what you're good at and lean in on what you're good at. Um, the everybody tries to compare themselves with like someone that is high volume or you know in in this case when you're making a pitch deck someone that's more personable or something like that just i think sales is more about knowing yourself and knowing yourself will lead to connecting with others holy shit i want that on a t-shirt that's good (laughs) yeah Solid. solid solid um so just as an aside before i ask the next question when you came in and you had that moment for yourself, what did you decide was like, oh, I feel good at this thing. I'm going to lean into this. What is the this for yourself? I I feel like I can connect with people um, a lot easier than maybe others can. And that, that does come with, you know, that genuine curiosity um, and like genuineness as, as what George mentioned. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, so my question is, I think a little bit similar to George, but now you're in a senior position. So when you turn to train or you're asked by newcomers, Oh, you know, like what's the piece of advice you would give me? I want you to focus just on outreach, I guess, cause that's kind of the, the pointy end of the stick for SDRs. So what is, you know, your top recommendation for the first, you know, the fresh crop of SDRs that's getting ready to start doing outreach of any kind. And I'll leave it to you. It could be calls. It could be emails. Like, how are you, what are you going to do to, to give them that tactical advice? Yeah. Um, so it's funny cause, uh, someone asked me that two days ago. Um, and so my response to them was essentially do everything you can now. Um, because in ramp, you know, we have, I think two, three months ramp, During mm. ramp, send your emails, make your calls, do your LinkedIn connections, you know, create videos, um, and just, again, find out what works for you. Um, what works for me will not necessarily work for someone else. Um, so just find your niche. Interesting. When you say what works for you will not work for somebody else, can you say a little bit more there? Are you talking about the medium or the message or both? It's a combination of both, I would say. Um, like personally, I, I don't feel like my personality or character comes across via email. Um, mm. Phone calls and LinkedIn messages is, is definitely more my medium. Um, yeah. That's interesting. That's good. I like that. I like that also it would appear the culture supports this kind of f- fluid or flexible notion of autonomy like i'm gonna i'm just gonna train you in the product and then i'm gonna trust that you you know do the outreach according to your best suited medium yeah um we have a another sdr um shout out to mclean uh she's amazing at you know finding stealth companies um and that's that's her little pocket and and yeah i mean she's hit quota almost the whole year so Nice. And this is a, this is not an easy year. So good on her. All right. Back to you, George. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said for your diversity of experience, not only in work, but like I would, I would presume in life, like 
I can look at your resume or your LinkedIn. It's like, oh, cool. This dude's done like a little bit of everything everywhere. <laughs> like, that's great. I can only imagine your personal life. I feel like you're the kind of guy that's like, I was a dive instructor at some point in Thailand. Like, I feel like you're that kind of dude, which is totally great. Shout out to my other friend, Louise, who was actually a, she's uh she was actually a dive instructor in Thailand. Now a very good uh, uh, web app pen tester. But I was going to ask, do you think that, you know, because you've had such a, a really, we'll say wide range of diversity and experiences in life, not just work life. That gives you kind of more ammo to be able to connect with your prospects more easily. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's really weird as a practitioner when you're talking to someone who's new or relatively new and they seem to just like not have enough life experience to talk about general stuff and things to get to an actual value prop based conversation. <laughs> um, well, firstly, um, you hit the nail right on the head there because my, my long-term goal is to end up opening a nonprofit diving school in Indonesia. So I'm going to need Shut the front fun. door. No, it's yeah, not. It is. It really is. Uh, so I'm going to need Louise's contacts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to help you out. <laughs> Um, and, and obviously to your main question, yes, I think having that diversity of experience is, is amazing. Um, like I, I mean, my, I'm 35 this year, I think, uh, w when I left, you know, uni, um, in 2012, I, I really didn't know where life would take me. Um, and so just adding new you know, novel experiences like every single day um, or every single year, I think it has led to the ability to connect with people um, a lot deeper in that sense. Um, so, yes. Nice. Yeah, so basically for folks listening, if you're new and you're curious, like, how come I can't connect with my prospects? Go just go do cool shit. Do shit <laughs> that you, you personally find cool, yes, and then do cool things and talk about it. 100%. Yeah, you got you got to have some stories to to share over a few drinks or a meal. Mm. If you're just sitting there silent cuz you don't have anything to say I mean, that's <laughs> you're just sitting there, can you give me your money now? Kind <laughs> <laughs> the SOW. Um, so Chris, we mentioned earlier that when we tried to get you on in September, you were studying for this technical exam. We have had a lot of conversations on the show about like the level of technical knowledge that salespeople should acquire. There's some uh, mixed feelings on that. What is your recommendation? Because we're in the brass tax portion for incoming SDRs, BDRs. How would you tell them to proceed? Yeah, so this is this might be a little bit uh, controversial. Um, but I think that SDRs should spend some of their time learning the product um, just because the conversations over a phone, um, you know, can, can get a little bit more interesting. Um, and George being a CISO, um, you know, he can smell BS from a mile away. So I'm sure like, you know, if you don't know anything of what you're selling or what you're trying to talk about, you know, he'll, he'll pick that up and hang up on you. <laughs> Uh, is that controversial? Maybe, but if it's controversial, it's controversial for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good advice. Um, was your technical 
learning a product of your training or did you just take that up on your own? Uh, my, my goal is, uh, essentially to be a solutions engineer, um, you know, over the course of a few years. And so, um, I've had, again, the power of my network, um, a lot of SEs from different organizations, um, help me try to find the path from SDR to SE, um, cause it mm. hasn't been done before for Drado and the usual path is, you know, SDR to an account exec. And so, um, so it, so it is more career inspired and also curiosity inspired just because AWS is, you know, one of the biggest cloud infrastructures out there. Yeah. I mean, man, it comes full circle. I love that you use the network to understand a potential career bridge. And then, and then I think, you know, we've touched on it now. This is the third time the curiosity to just like go for that. So yeah, I would take that, but I, I do take your point to the average SDR BDR, like have some base level technical knowledge. Cause if you get the person and they don't hang up on you, and then they ask you, is it agent-based or, AP- or do you use an API and you don't know what an API is, that's going to be highly problematic. <laughs> I, I, that is one of the biggest pet peeves I have where it's like if you're a seller and you're there to like, and like even if you're just on pre-sales, right? Know your catalog enough to be at least a little bit dangerous because if you, if you just don't do that and it's clear you just got hired and thrown immediately into the breach, or you're just lazy and you don't like doing the homework. Um, I got plenty of friends I can party with. I don't need to waste like work time to meet another party boy, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and also to go back to how quickly you can connect with somebody, it's very hard to empathize with their problems or in this case, you know, business problems with cloud infrastructure. You don't understand the infrastructure because what happens in that friction point in the call and this is sort of this older sales model, is as soon as George starts asking those questions, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, let me book some time with our, you know, that's that's the corral into the demo phase. It's, an, it's sort of like setting you up for failure and also creating an unnecessary amount of friction because now you have to like go into the playbook and figure out like the judo move to get him to just accept the demo with somebody else. I don't know, you know, it's like a, that's, I just think that puts you on bad footing because then, as George has said many times, like credibility begins to evaporate. <laughs> well, I, was just, I, I could I could like easily like look at you for selling me cloud servers and be like, how easy is it to integrate my Ansible playbook into this? And if it just goes over their head, I'm like, well, this conversation's over. <laughs> cloud <laughs> basics, cloud basics. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I will say like I I have you know, turned meetings away before just because I feel like there isn't an alignment between their tech stack and, and what, you know, Drata can do. Um, mainly because like humans are humans at the end of the day. And so if I call George, for example, like I do know that I'm taking 20 minutes, 55 minutes out of his work time, um, which as a CISO, a lot more responsibilities. And so um, definitely appreciative like the time that people spend um, talking to me. And so if I just push them into a demo with an AE, that's another half an hour wasted down the road. Gold, gold advice. Yeah, you're beginning to appreciate (laughs) and quantify time. I'm digging it. 
I'm digging it. Before we go, because we're running the the corner here, tell me a little bit more about turning down meetings. We've literally never heard that. <laughs> so just talk talk me through one of those experiences. Yeah. So um, one of the things that Drata wasn't able to do in its early stages was connect with um, on-prem uh, infrastructure. And so, you know, if they're telling me that they're hosting data on-premises, um, usually that's that's already a, a no-go. And so it's like, thanks for your time, obviously. Um, and then they'll be looking for more uh, traditional GRC solutions. So, yeah, but I want you to literally tell me what you say to them like oh sounds like we don't have a good fit or like tell me how you're like walking off that meeting because i think a yeah, lot of people need to hear that yeah that, that's exactly that's exactly it i'm just like listen thanks um for you know letting me a sneak view of your um of your technology stack um Drata's unfortunately unable to uh help you or assist you with with, with what you're trying to achieve uh, just because we don't have the ability to integrate with on-premises right now. Um, so, you know, I'd be happy to reach back out once we can. And what is the response? What do you get from that? Uh, overwhelmingly good, actually, um, which is, which is again, why I think um, it's more important to value other people's time. I gotta say, like, I can, I can confirm that as well. Like I've, I've had, <laughs> I've had, sales folks who are actually now like I consider personal friends like early on in our relationship you know it's like they get to the point where we're pitching and I explain to them like this is where this is how my tech stack is right now this is the roadmap for the next 18 months what do you got and they'll know they've looked at me and been like I just don't think there's anything that can work for us here man them saying that them being the ones to acknowledge that it first of all makes me respect them and, and makes me think that there's a little bit of integrity there. And then secondly, if if they have a good product or they represent a good good supplier and the need comes up for what they're selling later, they're gonna be the first name I think of to call. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. Chris, speaking of time, thank you for lending us yours. And uh, have really appreciated this conversation. I feel like we haven't cursed nearly as much. And I want to think it's because you bring this calm to the conversation. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. It's been really, really fun. Um, Brian was right. You guys you guys are really, really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I got it in Appreciate there. You. All right. Good job, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you. Thank you so much for the time. Take care, Chris. That does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, consider leaving us a rating or a review and share this episode with one friend this week. It helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. Subscribe to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks wherever you get your podcasts. I think back then, you know, NFTs and crypto was, was the craze. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, what? I can I can dabble in this. <laughs> NFTs, oh my god. Yeah, it's a good thing you got out of that craze because it turned out to be bananas and magic beans. Are they even worth anything anymore? That's that's no, a separate listen, episode. Yeah. Whole, whole thing's I, I no, haven't checked my wallet in so long. Yeah, we are we are not gonna do that episode because I don't no, want to We're not gonna become life. a crypto podcast because those no, were not for a while. I, I am not wasting my life on that. Um, <laughs>